It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Today's episode is also brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown Trading is the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia, and they're giving away Bears Packers tickets. Check them out on social media or stop into the store for more information. Just tell them I sent you. Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. The Packers beat the Denver Broncos on Sunday to go to 3-0, 27-16. It's another game where the offense does just enough and the defense absolutely balls out. The defense, yet again, the story. Preston Smith, the third week in a row where he sacks the opposing quarterback to win a game. It really is remarkable what this defense has been able to do. It was three minutes and 13 seconds left in the game before Joe Flacco got to 200 yards passing. Six sacks, three turnovers with an interception and two forced fumbles. Fourth down stops. Green Bay absolutely exerted their will against Denver. And it was one of those things where early... The Broncos were able to move the ball thanks to their run game. And you look at the way Mike Patton defends teams. He likes to play smaller. He is okay with you running the ball. Because even though you look at the the final stats and you say, oh, actually, by total yardage, this game was actually pretty close. 312 for Green Bay, 310 for Denver. But the Broncos ran 73 plays. Green Bay only ran 52 On a per-play basis, Green Bay was much better. Six yards per play for Green Bay, 4.2 for the Broncos. And while you say, okay, 149 rushing yards to 77, that's a nice little disparity for Denver. 149 yards came on 38 attempts. That is a sub-four-yard per carry average. If teams are going to run it 38 times and get less than four yards a pop, Green Bay is going to take that every single time. And as Mike Patton pointed out during the week, it is a lot faster to fly to Miami than to walk, right? So getting beat through the air is the way you absolutely cannot get beat. Green Bay made sure it did not get beat through the air. Rashawn Gary gets his first career sack, really was a sack and a half. But half sacks aren't really a thing anymore, so... He gets a real one later in the game. Darnell Savage gets his first career interception. Probably should have had one in week one. 
Jair Alexander makes an absolutely absurd play on third down against Noah Fant, the rookie tight end, someone a lot of Packer fans wanted. I'm not saying they were wrong to want him, but just mentioning that and pointing it out, just straight up rips the ball out of his arms. And it turns into a turnover. Green Bay with a sack fumble. Preston Smith just absolutely sunning the Denver offensive line all game. Three sacks, the force fumble, and the clinching sack. Now, Green Bay was was up 11 at that point, but it's still the clinching sack. I mean, it's not like if Denver had gone down and scored, they still need to get an onside kick and score again, but you get the point. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, who Chicago really struggled with last week, and who looks a bit rejuvenated this season. Jair Alexander absolutely locked him down. Locked him down. Two catches, 10 yards. And, and you know, Kevin King, I think last week his performance was overrated because of the interception. I thought that, that he had some struggles. Again, had some struggles this week. And that doesn't mean that, you know, it's time to give up. This is a guy who, you know only barely has 16 starts career under his belt. He's very talented. He's big and is a willing tackler, although he missed some tackles in this game as well. Green Bay, you know, when when you have someone as good as Jair Alexander, you can take your second corner being a little bit high variance. So if there's going to be plays where Kevin King gets beat, but there are also plays like the one he made against Stephon Diggs where he gets the interception or when he comes up and makes a beautiful open field tackle. Given the rest of this defense, you can live with that. It's okay for that to be the case because you have so much talent around him. And and Aaron Rodgers made a great point in his post game. He said, you know, you have a rookie you picked in the first round. He gets his first career sack. The other guy you pick in the first round, he gets his first career interception. Blake Martinez leads the game in tackles. Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith do their thing. And then you still have Adrian Amos, who was the player of the week in week one. And you still have Kenny Clark, who was the player of the week in week two. There are so many good players on this team, guys who are playing well. I mean, the the question that Rodgers was answering was, how can you tell early in the season if any defense you face, whether it's Green Bay or anyone else, is playing well or if it's just, you know, some luck or they're playing weak opponents. And and Rodgers was like, look, if the individual guys are all playing well or if there are a bunch of them playing well, you've got a good defense. And what Green Bay has is a bunch of players and 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 basically no weak spots. Then you you have these third and long. I mean, the first third and long, it was Rashawn Gary, Zadarius and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark rushing. And with four guys, you get pressure. You only have to rush four if that's your four. That is a luxury Green Bay has not had in a long time. This defense, I mean, Jair Alexander said it after the game. He thinks they're the best in the league. And after three weeks, frankly, it is hard to dispute that. Baltimore got lit up on Sunday by Kansas City. You know, Chicago Chicago plays on Monday, but... You know, they they have not been as good as Green Bay, not creating pressure the same kind of way, not creating turnovers the same kind of way. I mean, this team leads the league in turnovers, leads the league in pressures, and by the end of the week is probably going to lead the league in sacks. So, you know, this is this is a very, very good defense playing at a consistently high level, and they're going to need to do it again on a short week against Philly, a, a team that's going to be coming in pissed off, coming in that is potentially going to get Alshon Jeffrey back, Deshaun Jackson getting back to closer to 100%, and they're desperate. One and two, Dallas playing extremely well. 
you know, the rest of their division is bad. But if they want to make the playoffs, they got to win these kinds of games against other NFC teams vying for the playoffs. They're going to get a desperate version of the, the Philadelphia Eagles here on Thursday and not have much time to prepare for it. And that means the offense is going to have to get better. That's just the reality of the situation. If they want to be contenders, and they get it. I mean, Matt LaFleur mentioned it. Aaron Rodgers mentioned it. They know that for where they want to be, they have to get to a different place in this offense. All right, we're going to talk about the offense in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show of your choice and earn credit toward your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. Right now, you can earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all your purchases through the Vivid Seats app through their reward loyalty program. Go to the App Store and download the app. Fans are automatically enrolled in that loyalty program, and every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. Right now, enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get there. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. The reopening is right around the corner and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays 
fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, now the offense didn't play well. I mean, overall did not play well. Aaron Rodgers, you know, the numbers are decent, 7 of 19, 235, and a touchdown. He did average 8.1 an attempt, which is a solid number, a 96 QB rating. If he had thrown a touchdown instead of, you know, handing the ball to Aaron Jones on one of those, his numbers would look a lot better. But Aaron Jones, two touchdowns on the ground. It is another case of the offense looking good early and not being able to sustain that success, getting out of a rhythm. And Rodgers mentioned, you know, the, the sustained Denver drives early. And, you know, that's that's a real thing. When you go out and, and you go five plays, 75 yards, get the big play for the touchdown, you know, that's great, right? Uh, Denver comes back two drives later. They go 15 plays, 77 yards. That's 835 off the clock. And Green Bay, you know, they sustain a drive after that, seven plays, 51 yards, but then another 15 play, 63 yards, that's 729. The Broncos in the first half, I mean, we're barely into the second quarter, and they've got time of possession, 16 minutes. So then, of course, yeah, three plays, seven yards, punt after that. Green Bay only gets one more possession. It's after the sack fumble. That's two plays, five yards, a touchdown. So you look at the first half. I mean, touchdown, punt, field goal, punt, touchdown, end of half. And they didn't, they weren't really aggressive after Darius Shepard didn't field that uh, punt when the ball bounced in front of him. And he probably should have fielded that punt. If they get the ball to 25, I think they pushed tempo about a minute left and a timeout. But they scored in every quarter seven in the first, 10 in the second, seven in the third, three in the fourth. So, you know, there were a lot of fans last week who said if they had spread out the scoring, they would have felt better about the week to win. Okay, well, Green Bay spread it out. And, you know, you look at the drive chart, really not that many negative negative possessions in a row. In fact, the only time all game, there was only one instance where they had two drives back-to-back where they didn't get points. Only two. And they were both... And that was those second half drives where Rodgers in those two drives had, I think, five burned throws. I mean, Matt LaFleur said two back-to-back, but it looked like a number of them that he just tossed in the dirt when the play wasn't there. And that, and that looked like just not being on the same page. You know, there was one where he, where Rodgers went for, for an RPO pass look where the receivers either didn't know it was an RPO or Rodgers, you know, was going a little bit off script there. There was an improvisation aspect of it, and he expected those guys to be on the same page with him. You know, it's it's one of those things that it's hard to diagnose in real time. And Rodgers said after the game, he, he needs to play better, and he wants to play better. And he said he was ecstatic about the game because he was only hit really one time, called it the cleanest game he's ever played. And he said, you know, quote, we'll keep getting better on offense. There's a lot to be happy about, and there's a lot to improve. And that's true. It, it is not going to be perfect right away, but the defense is setting them up offensively giving them short fields to work with, allowing them to be in position to score points. And they're doing it. You know, they scored 10, scored 21, now 27. 
that is an improvement. I had a lot of people on Twitter say, are you seeing improvement? You know, the implication of growing pain suggests that there is some sort of growth. You know, there is no growing pain without growth. Is there growth in this offense? Well, the, the scoring numbers say that there is. Certainly, I think we can say week two was a lot better than week one. And I don't know if week three, it, it, you know, if week three was significantly better than week two. I don't think there was any stretch where Green Bay looked as good for, you know, three straight possessions as they did early in that Vikings game. On the other hand, you know, they, they were able to sustain drives in the second half. They were able to drive down and get field goals and and move the ball effectively against a defense that hadn't played well, but a defense that has plenty of talent. No sacks. No sacks against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. That is a legit important step to take. I mean, it is it is essential that you keep Aaron Rodgers upright. Everyone thinks this offense is going to get better. They're still putting the pieces together. Matt LaFleur said that. And, and one thing that I thought was really interesting from Aaron Rodgers after the game is he said, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they've put in over the course of a game week, whether it was for the Bears, for the Broncos, for the Vikings, that they just haven't gotten to. And I don't know if that means their package plays or their concepts they really like, and they just haven't gotten to them. And, and one of the reasons why, you know, in this game you can't get to them is, you know, in the drives where they're punting, only two three and outs on Sunday. That's a, that's a big step forward, a really big step forward. But if they have these plays, and again, we don't know exactly what what he's talking about, whether it's a package of plays um, or, you know, you know they, they busted out, let's say, the fullback wheel this week. That was awesome to see Danny Vitale up the scene. We talked on our Friday show about his involvement in this offense. And I think he still, his blocking needs to get better. He needs to become more effective in that area, although at the end of the game, him and Jamal Williams on some toss plays, he was coming down and smacking some guys in the mouth, which is what you like to see. But that's the kind of play that they sort of, you know, they, they haven't shown it yet. It's week three. Rodgers' implication after the game is that they've got a bunch of stuff like that that they just haven't gotten to. And I think in favor of concepts that maybe Rodgers is a little bit more comfortable with. And so as the season wears on, they're going to have these plays in their back pocket that when they need a play, they're going to they're going to break one out. And it doesn't have to just be Rodgers, you know, improvising. And and we saw a good balance today. He made some throws from the pocket, he made some throws on the run. That's what you want to see. And now the next step for this offense is going to be having guys after the catch make some plays for him. You know, Devontae Adams breaks a tackle and breaks off a 50-yarder or MVS on an end around. I mean, we didn't really see that jet motion. I don't, I don't know if Geronimo Allison can continue to be a big part of this offense. Just, I just think athletically he's so limited. And, and, you know, you run a receiver screen to Geronimo Allison, you're asking him to do something he's just not good at. So either that's got to be Devontae Adams or you got to get Darius Shepard on the field. And or you know, and Marquez Valdez Scantling, not a great run after catch guy because he's not elusive. He's just fast. And if there's something that I'd like to see in in the season as it goes on is more Robert Tanyan, although I thought that the Rodgers throw to him in the end zone was on target, he slowed up. He slowed up. I mean, watch the play. He's he's not really open. And so he, he starts to throttle down. Rodgers throws the ball before he starts to throttle down. And then Tanyan has to speed back up and can't get to it. That should have been a touchdown. Rodgers put the ball right where it needed to be. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had two balls on third down in his hands. 
could have been first downs and allowed the defender to knock the ball out. You got to make those plays for Rodgers. And those are plays that in the past, he's had guys that are going to go make plays for him. So I'm interested to see how they're able to manufacture stuff for the tight end moving forward. We haven't seen that as much since week one. And we haven't seen them put everything together. It's still an offense in search of identity. And and I'm and not even in search of identity, but but making that identity consistent. You know, they they want to be an offense that runs the ball and goes play action. Well, last week they were able to run the ball, but weren't able to effectively play action. This week they weren't able to run the ball, but they were able to drop back pass. And yet, you know, you have some inconsistencies with game script and play calling and execution. No, no question, execution is still a big problem. And that is something that that has to be addressed moving forward. And I, you know, and I think in the second half there were some conservative play calls. Uh, you know, their their insistence on running the ball is great, but then you have to be able to take advantage with play action. And and as I've said many times, you do not need to be effective running the ball to be effective with play action. But the, their play action game seems right now to be exclusively designed to create these shot plays. And when teams are playing disciplined, they're not creating those shot plays. They need they need to see some of those RPOs work, and that's a, that's a new concept for Green Bay, really. I mean, not in the not in a true sense. Green Bay has had plays where before the snap, they have the option of throwing it or handing the ball. I'm talking about where Rodgers is in the shotgun and makes a decision at the mesh point whether he's going to give the ball to Aaron Jones or throw it to the receiver. Now, that's not a concept he's used to running. That's not a concept he ran in college. Patrick Mahomes can do that because he's been doing that his whole life. Maybe it's just not something Rodgers is comfortable with. It's not something that that you know he, he wants to do. I don't know. But those are the kind of plays that you, know, you see an offense like Seattle or L.A. or Kansas City or Houston. Yeah, they have some young quarterbacks doing it, and that's what they've been able to do. That's what they've been doing. But I'd like to see Green Bay use that play action to create some more underneath stuff. Clear out space, and then if it's not there, have an outlet. And they did, you know, Mercedes Lewis, the outlet early on. They get a first down there. You go back to last week, play action shot, not there, but you have Geronimo Allison that you can throw the ball to in the flat, and he can go get you yards. They've had some plays where they're running with Aaron Jones. In the flat. Throw that Aaron Jones swing route. He's got good hands. We saw it again on Sunday. Made a nice play going down the field. Ended up in a touchdown. I don't think we should be worried about his touches. I think it's actually a a benefit. Rodgers mentioned that or Matt LaFleur mentioned it after the game. That it might actually benefit the offense. That Aaron Jones only got the 10 carries. And only had the one catch. Jamal Williams with some power running. Absolutely played well. You know, and Matt LaFleur caught heat for saying he wanted to balance out their touches. But Jamal Williams was clearly the better back on Sunday. 12 carries, 59 yards, almost 5 yards a carry. Aaron Jones, 10 carries, 19 yards. Yeah, he had the two touchdowns, but he couldn't find much when he was in there. He did have the catch, and it was a nice catch. But Jamal Williams, two catches, 27 yards. And that is something that I think Matt LaFleur is going to continue with. It's something he should continue with. If you've got a guy who's rolling, get him the ball. That's fine. Now, Rodgers is right to mention that that four targets for Devontae Adams, not enough. He caught all four. 
They played him soft. They let Chris Harris handle him one-on-one, didn't roll safety coverage a lot. So get him opportunities. Find ways. Manufacture opportunities. This is all a work in progress. I know a lot of Packer fans are very frustrated. They're vocally frustrated on social media, uh, in uh, the Lockdown Packers fan hotline for sure. And I understand that, but I, I am I'm going to continue to say, be patient. They're going to start playing some defenses that are not as good, and they're going to look a lot different. I'm telling you, they're going to look a lot different when they face some of these other teams, especially as the year goes on, because there's more on film, there's more tendencies to break, and there are, as Roger said, a bunch of plays that they have, packaged plays where they can come and they can beat you because it's a package that you just haven't seen yet. And if you're not feeling confident when people are seeing your package, that's where BlueChew.com comes in. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free. Brewtown is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Here is how to enter. You can go to Brewtown store on 76th and Cold Spring, just off 894 in Greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention Locked on Packers. While you're there, check out the shop. They're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events, so follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield. And on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I know I've done this before, but we we absolutely cannot get out of here without mentioning J.K. Scott. And J.K. Scott has been a weapon through the first three weeks of the season. 
Scott booted a 50-yarder that that came in right before that Preston Smith fumble. That was a huge play in the game. And that 66-yarder came on Green Bay's first punt of the second half. Packers got the interception with Darnell Savage on that drive. So he has been been a, a weapon for them. And I know there were a lot of eyebrows raised, including my own, when the Packers actually used a draft pick on him and he did not have a great rookie season. But he has been lights out this year and the Packers have have not needed him to be, but they have benefited from him being so good. A a top 10 special teams group through the first two weeks, um, they did have the kickoff return and that's going to happen every once in a while. As long as those are isolated incidents, it's not the end of the world. But they're third in special teams DVOA by football outsiders in efficiency. I mean, that that's legit. And they are leading the league. Leading the league in defense-adjusted value over average in punt. And it is not even really that close. I mean, J.K. Scott has been the best punter in the league through three weeks. And, and that may seem like a weird thing to brag about. <laughs> it might be one of those weird flex but okay kind of situations. But it's not. Because when you can when you can go three and out and you can boom a punt and then you've got this defense capable of making plays, when you can back a team up inside their own 20 or you know, you're, you're backed up inside your own 15 and someone like J.K. Scott can flip the field and then you give your defense a long field to defend, that makes your defense better. If every drive the other team has to go 80 yards, 85 yards, 75 yards, 70 yards, that matters. That pays dividends over the course of a season. And, and having someone like J.K. Scott has made this team better. I know Mason Crosby missed the field goal, didn't affect the outcome here. Uh, I, I'm not worried about it. I think Mason Crosby is still a very good kicker. And, and unless and until he you know misses another kick. You know, he had some misses last year. I think that did have to do with the battery there. You know, new long snapper, new punter holding the ball. Pat McAfee talked about it, that the battery was not always, you know, perfectly intact. You still want Mason to be making these plays. You know, 30-16 to 16 feels a lot better than 27-16, but the Packers still were in a position to get that field goal, and you expect Mason to make those. You also look at the end of this schedule. Green Bay finishes in Minnesota and in Detroit, and those are indoors. Mason Crosby has proven he is a reliable kicker outdoors in the elements. Indoors, he has got unlimited range, so... I think you have to feel good about the the strides the special teams has made this season, even with that long return. You know, that's that is gonna happen. The other team gets paid too, but to have basically the number one punt group in the league through two weeks and likely through three weeks, I mean that's a that's a big deal first from a special team standpoint, and given where Green Bay has been in special teams, to be this high this early, that is that is a good sign moving forward. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, Expert Tuesday, Crossover Wednesday, and then the game is on Thursday. Still still trying to figure out what, what is the best thing to do with that game. Maybe what I'll do is, is I'll do a live Periscope, and we won't actually have a podcast. We'll just do a Periscope. i gotta, I got to think about this. Send me some ideas on, on how we should do a Thursday show because you know, you're, you're going to get it Thursday morning, but by Thursday night, it's going to be gone. Maybe we do a Q&A show on, on Thursday and, and we do it live. Uh, I, I don't want to do it live because then you guys are, are not going to get it in the morning right away. For those of you who are going to listen right away in the morning, send me some ideas. 
Let's figure this out together. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. The podcast is on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You could send a message on Facebook. You could leave it in the comments of a rating on iTunes, which you should already do. Or you could hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.